Welcome to A Course in Miracles Chanting. My name is Ezra. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad we're here together. Let's carry on in the journey of no distance of awakening to who we truly are, always have been, and always will be. All is well. Amen. Hallelujah. This chant is called, I am free. It has taken the idea from Lesson 278, kind of 278, 279, and 280, all of which are about God's Son having no limits and cannot be bound, and that we try to bind God's Son, we believe God's Son is bound, we experience that, yet it is not true. God's Son is free and unlimited. Thank you, God. A hallelujah. So the words of this chant are, I am free, I am free. I am not a body. By the way, this is a chant that I have written based on this concept, and it flowed out in the melody of they will know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand, we will walk with each other, we will walk hand in hand, and together we'll spread the news that God is in our land, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. So that is a classic Christian song. And this takes that melody. So once again, the lyrics are, I am free, I am free, I am not a body. I am free, I am free, as God created me. And all that's bound is not the truth. The truth is only free. And I accept the atonement for myself. For myself Yes, I accept the atonement for myself. Followed by, I am free, I am pure, I am limitless love. And this chant containing again, I accept the atonement for myself. Once again, confirming and reconfirming, accepting the atonement for ourselves, the one thing we need to do. So to repeat it and repeat it and take it in and Try once again. See it once again is all we want. See how far we can go with accepting it, actually accepting it, which will result in us being at peace, in joy, in every holy instant, and being only inspired to bring everyone else to that reality that we know, the truth of who we are, uh, and that being the only, the only situation, this experience of separation that is not true. And that is the principle of the atonement. It is not true. Hallelujah. We, we just need to know that. So maybe someone needs to tell us that. And then we need to go through this 
uh, this process that may not be a process of seeing with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, what is true and what is false, and choosing what is true. Hallelujah. So let's do that. Um, Just to make clear, uh, one side is that we are intentionally and purposefully choosing the atonement, choosing to believe, choosing to have faith and abiding in that and coming closer and closer to God, wanting only God, being vigilant only for God and his kingdom. And the other side is just so gently, so patiently observing everything with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, that forgiveness takes it all away. Forgiveness is dissolving every grievance that we have, every sense of separation, every experience and symptom of separation, um, every false sight that we have in perception, seeing our brothers as bodies, uh, seeing ourselves as bodies, clearing those away through forgiveness, through watching, observing, seeing everything with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and just letting it, letting it fall away as not true, not affecting me, having no meaning, nothing at all. And then the truth takes over. And as we want that truth, it is coming in more powerfully into our experience. And that's what we want. We do want to experience it. We don't just want to believe that uh, God is true and that we are his Holy Son eternally. We want to know that through coming into the experience of it, knowing God's love, knowing God's presence and peace and joy, and experiencing that nothing in the world affects us. That's the miracle. So we have a potential grievance that everyone else is going to go, this hurts. And the miracle is, wait a minute, hurt is not of God. This doesn't hurt. And the reflection will play out in form, but that's not the point. The miracle is, I choose the love of God in every situation and I forgive everything in perception. Amen. So I will read a little bit. Um, These lessons, 278, 279, and 280, again, about being bound or being free. And what they remind me of is the allegory of Plato's cave. And I would like to read one version of this. So you may be familiar with Gary Renard's Disappearance of the Universe, where that is mentioned, Plato's Cave. And there are some different versions online. And I have one here. I'll read it. I'll read it now. Plato's Allegory of the Cave is a concept devised by the philosopher to ruminate on the nature of belief versus knowledge, so what we believe our our reality is, and then knowing what the truth is. The allegory begins with prisoners who have lived their entire lives chained inside a cave. Behind the prisoners is a fire, and between the fire and the prisoners are people carrying puppets or other objects. So they are working reflections on the wall of the cave, I'll continue reading. These cast shadows on the opposite wall. The prisoners watch these shadows, believing this to be their reality, as they've known nothing else. Plato posits 
that one prisoner could become free, he finally sees the fire and realizes the shadows are fake. This prisoner could escape from the cave and discover there is a whole new world outside they were previously unaware of. This prisoner would believe the outside world is so much more real than that in the cave. He would try to return to free the other prisoners. Upon his return, he is blinded because his eyes are not accustomed to actual sunlight. The chained prisoners would see this blindness and believe they will be harmed if they try to leave the cave. End of allegory. So I've heard different versions where they actually kill the one returning. Uh, in this version, I, I would see that when the prisoner comes out of the cave, they are initially blinded by how bright the light is. And so going with this story then that I just read, the, the prisoner that has escaped is blinded according to going back into the cave and communicating with the prisoners they would see he's blind and they they wouldn't they wouldn't believe him they wouldn't want what he is showing them they are so deluded that they would possibly kill this this messenger that's trying to save them saying this isn't reality there is a reality out there that is true you've been lied to you believe in a false reality so these prisoners are bound so this brings us to these lessons that this chant is built around. I will go to lesson 278. If I am bound, my father is not free. Hmm. If I accept that I am prisoner within a body, in a world in which all things that seem to live appear to die, then is my father prisoner with me. And this do I believe. When I maintain the laws the world obeys, must I obey. The frailties and the sins which I perceive are real and cannot be escaped. If I am bound in any way, I do not know my father nor myself. And I am lost to all reality, for truth is free, and what is bound is not a part of truth." What is bound is not a part of truth. Amen. Carrying on in that lesson, Father, to the prayer, Father, I ask for nothing but the truth. I have had many foolish thoughts about myself and my creation and have brought a dream of fear into my mind. Today I would not dream. I choose the way to you instead of madness and instead of fear. For truth is safe, and only love is sure. Hallelujah. So coming into the experience of being bound, which is the, at the mercy of any law in the world, at the mercy of any symptom, feeling, or thought that is not of God. The thoughts of God are only light, love, truth, beauty, joy, peace, freedom, Anything but this, I am bound, and I do not know myself, and I do not know my Father. So what a contrast, looking at those two things. Any experience of being bound is not the truth. 
So once again, as we've been talking about for a while, to disregard all imperception, to disregard all symptoms, to disregard all effects of being bound, and, and to say, even though this seems to be my experience in a world, at the mercy of the world, in a body, at the mercy of the body, it is not true, and I'm going to abide in the truth intentionally, purposefully, which takes faith, which takes belief. I'm going to believe that my reality is the Holy Son of God unchanged, and I am as God created me. I will try to accept the atonement for myself, even though my experience and my perceptions show me pain, conflict, grievances, the results of guilt, projections of guilt. So there's lots to blame out there. Uh, lots of feelings of grievances resulting from the separation of guilt. Even though all that is my experience, through faith, through belief, I will abide in this reality that is spirit. And allow everything to be undone. Allow all symptoms to work their way out. Allow all experiences less than the joy of the truth to diminish and be let go. So it really takes vigilance in the mind to be choosing God and his truth, even though our experience might be different at the moment. I'll go to lesson 279. Creation's freedom promises my own. The end of dreams is promised me because God's Son is not abandoned by his love. Only in dreams is there a time when he appears to be in prison and awaits a future freedom, if it be at all. Yet in reality, his dreams are gone, with truth established in their place. And now is freedom his already should I wait in chains which have been severed for release when God is offering my freedom now? And the prayer, I will accept your promises today and give my faith to them. My Father loves the Son whom he created as his own. Would you withhold the gifts you gave to me? We say to God, would you withhold the gifts you, the gifts you gave to me? So this is talking about a promise. This is talking about the truth having been established. Mm, freedom is his already. Mm, the chains have been severed for release. This brings us to Jesus and what he has done in the crucifixion and the resurrection, which is very clear in A Course in Miracles that that, that act that Jesus did taking the entire ego mind with him into crucifixion and raising in resurrection was the, the setting in motion of the atonement. I, I'll go and read some of this right now. This is from the clarification of terms, uh, number six, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit whom he called down upon the earth after he ascended into heaven, 
or became completely identified with the Christ, the Son of God as he created him. The Holy Spirit being a creation of the one creator, creating with him and in his likeness or spirit is eternal and has never changed. He was called down upon the earth, again, by Jesus in his ascension, called down upon the earth in the sense that it was now possible to accept him and to hear his voice. So because of Jesus, we can now hear the voice for God and accept the Holy Spirit. It's now available to all of us because of Jesus. I'm reading further down. He, Jesus, he, sorry, he, the Holy Spirit, has established Jesus as the leader in carrying out his plan since he was the first to complete his own part perfectly. All power in heaven and earth is therefore given him, and he will share it with you when you have completed yours. The atonement principle was given to the Holy Spirit long before Jesus set it in motion. So thank you, Jesus. It is because of Jesus and his crucifixion and resurrection and ascension that the atonement principle is now set in motion. So we can return to God now in experience. It is completely available to us. All sin is literally forgiven. It never was, but we didn't experience that until Jesus actually was crucified and resurrected, went into full ego death, and became alive in the eternal life that is God's creation. So the entire mind of Christ went into that ego death and resurrection in eternal life, the Son of God. Now we can all experience that because of Jesus. Now, going back to Lesson 279, should I wait in chains which have been severed for release? That's implying that there were chains and the chains have been severed. So this is all symbolic, of course. We have never left God. That is the atonement principle. However, our experience being guilt and all the grievances that come from it have been severed. The chains have been severed by that act of Jesus. And so we can now come into the experience of that. Um, and thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that this is the case for us. Lesson 280. What limits can I lay upon God's Son? Whom God created limitless is free. I can invent imprisonment for him, but only in illusions, not in truth. No thought of God, that's us, has left its father's mind. No thought of God is limited at all. No thought of God, but is forever pure. Can I lay limits on the Son of God, whose father willed that he be limitless, and like himself in freedom and in love? And the prayer, today let me give honor to your Son, for thus alone I find the way to you. Father, I lay no limits on the Son you love and you created limitless. The honor that I give to him is yours, and what is yours belongs to me as well.
So this is bringing it all around full circle of knowing ourselves as God created us, as limitless, as free, as pure, and reminding us that it is completely necessary that we see our brothers thus for us to know ourselves as that. So they will go together. We cannot know ourselves as God created us if we're looking at anyone else as not being that. And when we look at others as God created us, as the truth of the Spirit whom we are, we will know ourselves as that. So just do it together. Know yourself as this and see everyone else as this. It is only one. It is only one beingness. It is only one Christ. So in our experience, however, it's kind of two things that we're doing. We're knowing ourselves as God created us, and we're seeing everyone else as God created us, the one similar light. And then we will see less and less distinguishment between as the one light of God. Amen. So also from this Lesson 280 are the other lines from the chant where I am... They're all the things that are outlined in this lesson that we are told we are. I am free. Whom God created limitless is free. I am free. I am pure. No thought of God but is forever pure. And then, can I lay limits on the Son of God whose Father willed that he be limitless? So I am limitless and like himself in freedom. We've already said I am free and in love, limitless. Hallelujah. So we are free, pure, limitless, love. And this is, this is a call, this is a message to, to remember that throughout the day. So this is my encouragement for everyone, including myself, that it's remembering. So this chant is helpful to remind us. Um, of course, if you are going through the workbook, that's the thing to do, to take that daily lesson and just have it in your mind like a Rolodex just going over and over and reminding yourself that this physical world is not reality. We're bound in chains, looking at shadows, thinking them real, thinking them to be important when we could, and it takes some kind of faith or belief that there's something else to turn your head and see there's something different. I'm going to take my addictive attention away from all the churnings and turnings of the world and look for another reality that I'm being told there is. And in the looking for it, we will experience it. And in the experiencing of it, then we will want it more and more and to live in it more and more. And then we will know that in living in it, everything within the physical world is also taken care of. And so it takes remembering going into it, remembering going into it so that we can have that experience of, of being confirmed that it takes care of everything. There's nothing else I need to do. There's nothing else I need to work out in the world. But abiding in the presence of God, living in Christ, seeing everything with Jesus, seeing in Christ's vision, will lead us through every step we need to take in the world. And that's not our concern. I will have the day that I want when I make no decisions by myself. 
So just going with the Holy Spirit, just staying with Jesus. Remember, remember, there is a heaven that is our true home. This world is not our true home. And there is a heavenly purpose. We are even given, the Holy Spirit gives us this beautiful special function within the world. So abiding in God's presence, staying with the Holy Spirit in Jesus, we will be guided even to a very fulfilling function here in our activities in the world. And God will provide the strength to do everything. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, will provide the guidance for what to say and what to do and where to go. So just going into God, staying with Jesus. Remember, remember to pull our desire out of this world and keep our desire in God. Amen. Bless you in this chant. May it be cycling through your head in a helpful way that you can remember to not believe in anything that brings the experience of being bound. Truth is only free. If it is true, it must be free. If it is not free, it is not true, ever. Hallelujah to that. Amen. So bless you in this chant. May it be truly helpful. And in all love, amen.